Welcome to Game On, the weekly football podcast bringing together seasoned professionals, the male star football writers and a celebrity fan or two. I'm your host, Mark Pugach. Don't forget to subscribe to us on Spotify, Apple and Google. And if you haven't already, why not sign up for the daily Mail Plus briefing at mailplus.co.uk, where you can also watch Game On on video. Hello, I'm Mark Pugac and welcome to Game On, the weekly football chat show from Mail Plus. So the Euros are finally with us a year late and expectations for England, Scotland and Wales will always be there, particularly for England. How high are they at the moment? Let's talk to someone who knows all about that. Martin Keown has experience of playing for England at major championships and also Ian Ladyman, the football editor of the Mail and the northern football correspondent of the Mail, Dominic King. Hello, everybody. Good to see you all. Here we go at long last, Euro 2020. That's what we're calling it because that's what it is. About to start. Martin, what did you learn from England's two warm-up games about how Gareth Southgate might approach things tactically in the group stages at least? Well, a lot of the time we're trying to sort of enter into Gareth Southgate's head and work out, is it a back four with a 3-3 in front or does he want to play a back five? And I saw some issues against Romania defensively between our full-backs and our central defenders. Um, so I think I would err with caution and go back to the system he played so successfully in the last World Cup in Russia. It feels like a step backwards, but it is. There are uh, quite a lot of changes in the squad, Mark, from the last time. I know there's a little bit of experience there and the experience we're relying on is, you know, Maguire and Henderson are not available. So I think maybe a back three... Um, I bet he's burning the midnight oil trying to work out what his team is going to be. And that's the surprising thing. I looked at France last night and they're pretty well there in their system and the, and the personnel they're going to use in their last game. So most of the other teams, Germany, the same. Whereas England, we're almost, we have no idea really. I'm sure the manager does. We don't really have an idea. There's a lot of talent in the final third, Mark, trying to work out should it be, should it be Rashford? Should, should it be Foden? Should it be Grealish? They're nice problems to have, but reverse that for the defence and then there are headaches at the back. Mings didn't have a particularly good game against Romania. Ben White, I have to say, though, was a breath of fresh air, a real calmness around him. So there's food for thought for Gareth Southgate, but I'm pretty certain he'll know what he wants to do and I would suggest maybe he plays a back three. I was never a fan of it. Uh, I think there's only so far you can go with it, but when you look what Tuchel has done at Chelsea, it's similar. We've got a, a lot of players that we don't, you know, it's a jigsaw puzzle, really of what we do with those front players. But I think a back three is probably beneficial, although we're going to lose a lot of creativity then in the final third. Ian, the fact that he's brought in Ben White as centre-back for Alexander-Arnold, a right-back, says it all, doesn't it? To back up what Martin says about, A, the the worries that Gareth Southgate has about the defence, really, doesn't it? Bringing Ben White? Yeah, and I think what we were all asked to pick our um, teams for the paper uh, yesterday, which we did. And somebody um, called me up and said, blimey, you're a bit negative with that team with a, a back three and uh, two holding midfield players in front of it. And I said, well, you've got to remember that all we're talking about at the moment is a team for the first game. We're not talking about a team for the tournament. We're talking about a team for the first game. And the first game is a game that you do not have to win, but you cannot lose. We cannot lose against Croatia. If we lose against Croatia... We then go into a game against Scotland on a Friday night at Wembley, which absolutely anything could happen for obvious reasons, and we could find ourselves in a world of trouble. Croatia were the second strongest team in the group behind England, 
We can't lose that game. If we get a draw, we get a draw in that game, we're absolutely fine. The top two will go through from the group, um, may even another. So we just don't need to lose that game. So I think that largely due to the issues that we saw that Martin's referred to against Romania and also to a lesser degree against Austria, the fact that Harry Maguire um, isn't there, I think put those things together. And for me, uh, it's a back three. Um, we play a night, we play a nice tight game. And if we can win one nil, that's beautiful. And if we draw one all, then that's perfectly okay as well. Who are your so who are your two sitting in front? I'd be interested to know who you in the paper put as your two holders. I, I put uh, Rice and Bellingham. Now the Bellingham thing is um is um you know, I would never have thought that five weeks ago, but I've seen him play um four or five times live now, three times for England and twice for Dortmund. And he's impressed me every single time. And if you can play, if you, yeah, he's young, but if you can play against Manchester City in the Champions League um, uh, semi, uh, quarterfinal at the Etihad and play the way that he played that night and to, to back it up with the way that he played in the second leg, then he can play for England in the Euros without a doubt. Ian, I didn't see your team, but does Grealish make it? And yeah, where Grealish makes it. Grealish so makes it. So who, your front who are your front three? Kane, Grealish, and and uh, and Mount. Oh, you put Mount up front. Uh, as no, I'm trying, I'm, I'm trying to remember that. While you have a think, Dom, what what it's going to be a back three, don't you think? That that much it yeah. seems is inevitable. Yeah, I just I, it's, it's strange really because he's he's played four all through the um, all through this this international season, but. Every, everything that I've seen at Middlesbrough over the, those last two games tells me that he's going to play three. Um, as Ian said, he's a smart man, Gareth Southgate. He's he's, he's not going to he's not going to do anything in this first game that's going to jeopardise England's chances of progress. So I think it will be. I think it will be. Let's not lose first and foremost. Um, I'm just looking at my, my, the team that I said. Um, I went three four three. Walker on the right, Stones in the middle, Cody on the left, and then the midfield or the the four was James Rice, Mountain Chilwell, and up front I went Foden, Kane, and Grealish. But looking at it now, I think he will probably play Calvin Phillips for a bit more protection. Funny actually, John, because um, I was speaking to someone who you and I both know very well in football yesterday about something else, and this guy said to me, he said, "Oh, he said, tell Dominic King I really liked his team in the paper. I really well, okay, liked his team in the paper." <laughs> Let me throw one into you up front. And this is some talking, obviously, to the ITV boys at the weekend that no one's doubting how good Grealish is. No one's doubting how good Foden is. But they were, I think they all said you need Rashford up there to stretch the game a little bit because you need somebody to run beyond Martin, particularly when Kane drops in. And neither Foden nor Grealish and particularly a lightning as quick as Rashford or B going to necessarily drop into a more central position when Kane drops back. So this is my way of saying it will be Foden or Grealish with Kane and Rashford. I personally think it'll go Foden, Kane, Rashford, but that's just a personal view. It, well, it, it's, you're right, but Rashford didn't finish the season in really good form, did he? No, he nor didn't. Did, nor did Sterling, but then they've got experience of playing in, in, in tournaments. Um so and it's difficult. It's interesting hearing that Mount, you know, is going to play. That could he play in midfield? Could he play in a two? You know, it's interesting. Yeah, that he, he could was, play in a two, no problem. Mount. We were doing statistics end of last season, and he was up there for a number of tackles made this season and fouls, by the way. Very low on yellow cards, so people weren't booking him. But he was making lots of tackles, lots of fouls. He's a busy player. 
who can control things. So does he play slightly deeper? But do and we want him doing that, Martin? Do we want him doing that? Is that not a kind of waste of his energy? Yeah, but th then you might say, you might say, well, let's have Foden and let's have let's have Mount either side of Henderson or Rice. So there are lots of options. I mean, Henderson came on. I actually I only watched the game yesterday for England. I read all the papers. Everyone said that Henderson didn't play well. I disagree. I thought he played very well. The only thing he did wrong was to take the penalty and miss it. His passing gives us a little bit di something different with his passing from deep. Uh, and of course, that driving force. He hasn't played since February, so that, that does worry me. So there are um, options in that midfield, but do we go really creative and say Mount and Foden either side of, of Rice in midfield? That would be quite exciting. Then you get Grealish in um, on the left um, and then you can play Rashford on the right. So you've got, you've got probably everything you need then from an attacking aspect. But defensively, what worries me really is what's happening with that midfield three. And who and defenses is win them, Martin? Don't they? Do, you know, you don't, we don't need to tell you this, Martin. Defenses win it. It's like it's in rugby. They say forwards win it, and backs dictate by how many. So in football, really, it's not that dissimilar, is it? Defense is going to win it. You look at the well, Italians, I, and the forwards will dictate by how many. Well, I, I almost think we've got like a Guardiola versus. If I, if if you're Gareth Southgate, you're going to play a back four, or you're going to play a back three. I think it's safer to play a back three the, because you build through the tournament. Uh, there's uncertainty. I don't think we've marked particularly well from crosses. I don't think we know when to come out with, with our opponent at the back. It leaves great big holes for people to run into. I think we're better off playing with a five to begin with in the tournament and build from there. Who the five are, though? Uh, I mean, I've just started to, to look at it and it is, it's not an easy situation for the manager to work out because Walker has to go into the back three. I'm assuming James will be the wing back. Um, but I, I'm looking at Ben White as a surprise player that might come into that back three because he's really su surprised me how he's, he's sometimes you see a player who looks better internationally. He was calm in possession. He pinches the ball very well and he can select when to come out better than, than Mings. Mings looks a little bit ruffled after an early mistake in the game. And I don't want to pick him out, but you've, this could happen in a major game, in a, major, you know, in a tournament match. So... That might be in Gareth Southgate's mind going into this. Yeah. I don't think there's anything wrong with yeah. don't think there's anything wrong with picking him out, Martin. I mean, you've got to pick you've got to pick out your weaknesses. That's what pre that's what pre tournament are for. Yeah, but Mings does bring a lot as well. He's got he's commanding. He's good in the air, but it, you know it's whether or not somebody's right. Manager has to make a decision, and I but think Ben White's done exceptionally well. Do Mings, think, do to my view, has just had two pretty average games, yeah. and and I think he will play. I think he will play, but I think he's come pretty close to playing himself out of the team. But in a three, he do might be okay. Between, uh, Dom, do you think it's between Mings and White for that third centre-back? No, I think, I think Cody, because Cody's a specialist. And I was, I was looking at... Um, I was just thinking about it on, 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 um, on Sunday because there was a lot of um, kerfuffle about the, the 11 that he'd, he'd picked and people were saying, well, what are we going to learn from that? And... I thought I thought there was a lot lot to glean from it. One was that Ben White is, is good enough to be in, in the England squad. But I also thought it was the people who weren't there. And the fact that Cody wasn't involved at all suggested to me that he didn't want to take any risks where he might get an injury. And he, he, Cody was involved in a, a short-sided uh, training session after the match with uh, with all the Chelsea boys and all the, the Man City boys. And it, it, it just looked like they were they were protecting him for a for for the the important thing, if he's going to if he's gonna, he's going to have a specialist who knows to play in that three, 
he thinks the world of him. He's 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 never let him down all through the season since he's been picked. And I it, I just just thought to myself that he looks he looks Does like he he'll go, be there. He has to go into the middle then, doesn't he? Because he likes to play. That's where he plays for Wolves in the middle of yeah. a three. He 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 likes to play those raking diagonal passes to good effect. He's done that well. Mm. He knows. Uh, he's very good at covering everybody. So then what, do you put Stones to the left and Walker to the right of him? But are they all, all those three right-footed, aren't they? Or am I wrong? That doesn't right matter. Though. That doesn't I don't matter. Think it, yeah. You very rarely have a left... Quite a lot of teams play with a left, a left side and centre-half with a right foot. You don't see many left-footed players playing on the right. It doesn't seem to balance, but it wouldn't be unusual. Mm. So where do you see him play, Dom? You want you want him I in think, the team. Where do you, where's he going to play? I, well, I think I think he I I think he'd go on the left hand side with John Stones in the middle. But why would you do that when he doesn't play there for his club side? He plays in the middle for his club side. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I take the point, but I just I think Stones would be better, and I think I think it would be his way of getting them in. Here's, a, here's one. I wonder about Saka. If you're going to take the terminology of players who didn't play and just keep him away, yeah, Saka, yeah. Oh, does Saka come into left wing back? In, injured, Martin. He had a hit problem just, on Sunday. Yeah, they okay. were just leaving him out. Yeah, I think he's just useful. But they've said he's going to What's really yeah. interesting, Ian, about all of this is that we are inevitably concentrating on England's defence because it, it it is its weaker side. And yet they've got so many good attacking players that yeah. by playing five at the back, clearly there's one fewer offensive player. So you're going to have yeah. to leave somebody out, which is a great shame, but such is the nature of football. Absolutely. But I go back to that original point that I made at the start, which we talked about the first, we're just talking about the first game. There's absolutely no reason why Gareth can't find, pick a team to get us through the first game. And if we win, it's superb. And if we draw it, that's okay. And then you've got a foundation then to be a little bit braver as you go through the tournament and obviously pick bespoke teams depending on who you're playing. And if you think that your defence or your defenders are growing into the tournament and playing better, there's absolutely no reason why you can't rejig your formation. But um, you're absolutely right. Yeah. It, it, it's slight, it is slightly peculiar. Yeah. Gareth's making a huge gamble. So he's gone against time and rest, against playing together and picking up pitches and, and formations and working things through because he felt he wanted to give the Man City players, Chelsea players, maximum rest. So we are all guessing now. We have no real idea. As I just said at the start, France, Germany, everybody knows where they're playing. A lot of people are playing a back three, by the way. And I watched Croatia play the other night against Belgium, who also played a back three. And Croatia dominated possession early on. So... Gareth will be watching all of these things, but he, he must have a clear plan. That was the one thing that I wondered actually on Sunday. Um, uh, um, when I saw, we obviously knew that the Manchester and the Chelsea players weren't going to play, but I did wonder watching the game, thinking, could they not have had half an hour? It was a week after the Champions League final. They were sitting in the stand. Could they not have had half an hour? Would that not help to do, to bring a little bit of what you're talking about, a little bit of more of a kind of chance for the something like the first team to try and play together for half an hour? Well, all the other national teams have done it. They've used the Chelsea players and, and Mad City players, but Gareth selected not to. So, you know, he's obviously thinking we've got seven games in 28 days and what I need to do is give the players the maximum rest. Do I really need to play them? But personally, I like to see pitches. I like to see patterns emerging. When I get the ball, there are a set of passes and we're now going to be doing that again. Let's not forget, this is a finalist from the last World Cup in our very first game and they're well-oiled and they know exactly the movements and passes they want, but we don't because we don't know. But on the inside, I certainly hope they know by now what the eleven is and the way that they're going to play because they're going to need to know it. 
Yeah. Um, and actually, Ian, you make a very good point. And if people are really bored, they can look up England's opening game in major championships this century. And it's pretty <coughs> average, isn't it? They don't lose. To, you know, it's not a question of losing, but a lot of draws. Yeah, I mean, that um, draws. Yeah, I remember, you know, the Harry Kane header in the, the last minute in the first game in Russia was uh, yeah. he scored six goals in the tournament. You could argue that was his most important goal because a one all draw in the first game of that um, tournament, given how weak our group was, wouldn't have been very clever at all. No. Um, so, yeah, absolutely. Dom, if, right, if England were to win the group, they'd face one of France, Germany or Portugal, probably. If they were to finish second, there's every chance they'd play Sweden. Are we back into a situation in the like in the World Cup where you actually, if you're an England fan, you go, whatever you do, don't win the group. <laughs> uh, isn't that a lovely luxury to have? Um, no, do, do, no, do you know what? I, I think it's, um, if they're going to want to win the tournament, they're going to have to beat one of these teams at some point. Why not beat them in the last 16? Get it out of the way, get it over and done with. And could you imagine if they do win that game in the last 16, the confidence that you would you would then get from um, t- to go in having having dispatched one of those those teams, um, I, I think it's I think you've got to be very clever and very confident in your ability to start sort of um, thinking. Well, we can lose that game to make sure that we do that. I think it's just a question of look after yourself, win your games, get through, and let let's not try and be too clever. Whoever you've got to face, just beat them. You can't think that way, Martin. Dom's right, no. isn't it? You can't. You no, can't I'm, just go, trying, well, I'm just trying. Yeah. I'm just trying to reset the traces of the World Cup when we lost him. We to Belgium. Belgium, and then of yeah. course that gave us a much better pathway. Yeah, they ended up playing Brazil, didn't they? And and France, and we went a, another route. So mm, yeah. you you say that, but you know, do, well, you just have to go and win your games and be honest and, and make it happen. And whatever yeah. I mean, that group will meet us again later on anyway. If we take. You know, if we win our match, if we win the group, we play, is it Sweden, you say? Sweden or Russia? No, and if we win the group, we play France, Germany or Portugal. Yeah. Come second, you play Sweden, probably. Yeah. Might, you know, well, might you look at that, you're better off coming second, but you'd like yeah. to win it, wouldn't you? You'd like to win it. So, uh, but when you look at the calibre, that's really is the group of death, isn't it? When you look at the quality in there, Portugal, current holders, World Cup holders, and then Germany, uh, who... They won 7-1, I think, two nights ago. They are starting to come in some real form as well. Sane, Gnabry looking really good. So that's a difficult one. You, I think you just have to be honest and go out there and win. Can I ask you a question, Martin? Why, given that we're, we're given, we've all given the, kind of the academies a big kind of pat on the back for producing this kind of crop of gifted technical uh, players who can use the ball probably as well or better than any crop of players we've had for a long time, where have all the centre-halves gone then? Well, maybe it's because, you know, back in the day, I, I, growing up, if you think about the amount of balls that were launched we, and young kids from a young age are attacking the ball and everyone would say, oh, the English players are brilliant attacking the ball. Now, when it's being played out from the back, we don't really come into it to defend in the same way because it's all about developing play from the back rather than actually dealing with balls from long and into front players. So we seem to have had, we're just in a period at the moment where we just, some of the central defenders have just disappeared a little bit. And, um, what Gareth needs to do now is to look at the, the strength of our fullbacks and maybe bring them into central position, which he which happened in, in 96, which happened in his day on the Venables. Um, Bobby Robson did something similar, didn't he? Turn to a back three in, in, in time of need. Is that is what is that what England do again now? Um, it is a real shame. It's a real shame that we haven't got because even Stones has been asleep, hasn't he, for the last couple of seasons. He's just woken up again. 
he's been magnificent playing with Diaz. But when Maguire's not there, and he's people say he's not perfect, but I think in an English shirt, he's been quite magnificent. So if you look back to, to Russia, without those two, we suddenly have got to rebuild the whole makeup of the team. You just and look that, at the team. You look at the team and think, I just want to put uh, John Terry and Tony Adams in it. Yeah, <laughs> then they'd want a little bit of protection as well, wouldn't they? And they'd make sure they'd have two midfield players that are going to sit and not one that's going to fly out. I mean, sometimes I'm looking at Rice and I'm thinking, who's giving him the messages? Because he's a wonderful player now. He now looks like a midfield player rather than a centre-half playing in midfield. He's developed every facet of his game, but there are occasions when he dives out of midfield. And, uh, and it's like, we've got to get that message right because he's like a brick wall there. You know, he's like that Thames barrier, that defence, you know, blockade in front of the defence. And that's what is missing at the moment when I've watched little games against Austria and Romania, we're going to be playing against the big boys now. We're playing against World Cup finalists from day one. The pressure's on. We've got to be at the level we need to be at. And it's a big ask when they haven't played together, uh, probably ever, some of these guys. You know, if we had Grealish, Foden and Mount on the pitch together, I think we might have done in the uh, against Iceland mm. uh, in November. So, you know, it, we're not far away, but hopefully Gareth knows where he's going with it. Let, let's talk about Scotland and, and Wales. Dom, Scotland's opening game against the Czech Republic, I would suggest that's a really good opening game. You know, England have got the World Cup finalists. England and Scotland haven't got each other. So Scotland to get the Czechs, I think, is a pretty decent start, isn't it? Fantastic, yeah. It's, um, uh, I, I don't know how this will be taken. I'm, I'm delighted Scotland are in, in, in the tournament. It's just, you know, it's been so long since they've added some colour and um, it's... I, I I grew up with with Scotland, but you know, being perennially in in, in tournaments, um, all the way back to eighty two, eighty six World Cups and, and what have you. So um, well, I'm delighted that they and it just adds a, a, a new, um, a colourful sort of narrative to it all. Um, and I think it's a really good opportunity for them to make a statement. Yep, uh, Ian, they've got as good a left hand side as anybody, haven't they? Because they play three centre backs, means they can get Tierney and Robertson in the same team. And that is extremely strong left-hand side to get some crosses into Adams and Lyndon Dykes. Dykes the other night against Luxembourg, barely had to move as the crosses came in for him. He missed them all. He's probably saving them up for Wembley. But they, they could, they're going yeah. to cause a few people some tr- some problems. I did a, an interview with Gordon Strachan um, for the paper at the weekend. Gordon's going to write a column for us during the Euros. And um, Gordon's uh, as quick-witted as ever and said to me, if there was a World Cup just for left-backs and Scotland would win it, um, but he, but more seriously, he talked about the the way that you get those two players in the team. Because he said to me, he said it's a, it is a bit actually of a nuisance that your two best players play in the best same position. But it's no good having one of them on the bench. They've got to be in the team. So he said the way that he did it when he was Scotland manager largely was to put Robertson at, at right back and Tierney at left back. But, um, the way that uh, Steve Clark does it is to play back three and to have Tierney as your left sided. Um, left centre defender, which obviously we know is where he's played for for Arsenal before. So that's the way that they that's the way that Scotland will do it. Um, Gordon also made the point that um, he thinks Scotland's best chance is actually from the midfield. Um, with the best will in the world, the centre forwards in Scotland's squad don't have a lot of goals behind them. They're not prolific goal scorers, any of them yet. Um, but he thinks that um, in uh, people like uh, McGinn and uh, McTominay. Then um, they have, uh, and the lad Christie, I think, from Celtic, they have a chance to to maybe get up from midfield and, and nick the odd goal. And um, Gordon's quite optimistic uh, about it. Again, he thinks that there's no reason why 
to use that dreadful cliche, if Scotland can keep it tight, also with the back three, then they might nick, they might nick a result. I, I just going uh, enlarging on that. What they, I was watching them play against Holland. They played very well against Holland the other night. Steve Clark has them really well drilled. He know, but an outstanding coach, by the way. And what they were doing on that left hand side with, with Robertson and Tierney, they were taking it in turns, Ian, to raid down the left. So it was difficult to work out who was the wing back and who was sitting in as a central defender. They kept swapping the role, and it was really effective. Put Holland really on on the back foot. McGregor as well came in, into midfield. Armstrong. They have now got Cooper at the back. They've got like quite a few top Premier League club players yeah. now, and they're building. This is a, this is actually a good Scottish team now. And actually, for the manager, if we compare the roles of the manager, it's it's a, somewhat easier for Steve Clark to know his best eleven than it is for Gareth Southgate. Mm. It, and that makes it a little bit easier to work with. Christie, another one, uh, I do think is a really good good talent. Um, Second goal they scored against the Dutch said it all, didn't it? The way they overlapped down the left-hand side. And I think it was Robertson who got the cross in, wasn't it? And Nisbet at the back post, Martin. That was a quality goal. It was. And I, and I think what they're saying is, OK, we'll be difficult to beat, but we'll pack a punch. We will raid forward. We'll blast forward. And someone else will fill in for you. That's why they're playing with three midfield players. He wants two up top, though, as well. Yeah. Um, Adam's coming in and Dykes, obviously, that now is quite a good partnership, actually. That's really improved them. So, no, I think Scotland with McTominay, McGinn, they're now starting to look like a proper international team and they will really fancy their chances uh, against England. Don't, don't you worry about it's that. It's interesting that, uh, again, again, Gordon made the point to me and you touched on it there, Martin. Gordon said, if we, were if we, I, Scotland, were playing a nation and that nation had players in it from Arsenal, Liverpool, Manchester United, Aston Villa, Southampton, then we'd be taking them seriously. So yeah. why shouldn't people say Scotland seriously? Yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah, absolutely. I, that's going to be a brilliant, even with 20, 21,000 at Wembley, that is going to be a brilliant occasion, England against Scotland. It I played really against, uh, I played in uh, the Euro 2000 in that uh, playoff game against Scotland at, at Hamden. And uh, honestly, the hairs were on the back of my neck. The, the atmosphere was um, fa absolutely fantastic. Of course, it was a good day. We won the game. Yeah. I didn't play in the next one. I got injured in between the game so I missed out at um, playing at Wembley in this one but I'm pretty certain it's going to be an amazing match and don't forget they almost they almost beat us yeah what Martin said ago. was he was playing for so, England when they beat Scotland and wasn't playing for England when they lost at home to well pretty well yeah, <laughs> <was saying>. <laughs> <laughs> read the script there didn't I yeah I read the script what about <laughs> Wales Dom um, arguably not as strong as they were in 2016 I think that's probably fair to say but still with Bale I feel Ramsey with a lot to prove, especially when they play Italy. It'll be, it will be, I think, a tough group because we all know about Italy. Turkey actually really yeah. good to watch, really dangerous. I think this will be this will be good fun watching Wales. It'll be challenging to get out the group, but it's perfectly possible. No, it, it, you're right. That's that's the perfect word, challenging. Um, I spoke to um, Ozan Kabak uh, before he left Liverpool, and he was he was talking about the the confidence in Turkey's team. Um, that they have within that squad, and I think if you're looking for a dark horse that you know potentially could get quarterfinals, and there's always somebody emerges, they could be the ones. They really could be the ones. They've got some some very very good players. I think it's going to be a challenge for Wales to get through. I just I'm not sure that they've got the the same sort of um, momentum behind them as they did when they were in France um, five years ago. Um, I, I I think it's it, it's odds against them getting out of the group. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't. Maybe as, the, as a sneak in third place, 
I think that's that's probably the best they can do. But you know, um, they've got a punch chance. But I I I I, I do think the odds are against them. I think it's difficult, isn't it? Particularly with for Robert Page, you no know, Ryan Giggs, of course, managing. You know the uncertainty of going into a tournament. Gareth Bale, you know, where is Gareth Bale right now in terms of his what he's got to? Is this the last time we'll see him in a major tournament? He's a very proud Welshman. They were magnificent in, in 2016. Can he go and do it again? Um, Ramsey also has, has had injury issues. Juventus looking like they're trying to move him on. You know, Daniel James, they're, stri- they're struggling for goals. This is this is the problem for Wales. So let's see how they go because they play with a big heart, the Welsh. And you, and when you see what they did do in France, I don't think we can say they're not going to get out of the group. I see them getting out of the group, but they it's going to be tough for them, that's for sure. Interesting, Ian. When Martin said then, where is Gareth Bale? All of us nodded as if to say, we don't really know, do we? I mean, the Tottenham... People, the pro bail say, well, look how many goals he scored for Tottenham, given how many minutes he was on. And then people go, yeah, but who were they against? And how many minutes did he actually play? And what impact did he have in the biggest games for Tottenham? The answer is none, really, is it? He didn't score in the big games. So what Martin says, I think, sums it up. We don't really know where Gareth Bale is. He's even thought he might retire after this. If that, you know, if that's a question, Mark, then, then you've just answered it. What yeah. you said there is you've answered it. I mean, absolutely right. I see and hear Tottenham fans saying, oh, you know, look at his numbers. He was terrific for us. Rubbish. Rubbish. He wasn't there. He wasn't there when they really needed him, given that he had it. It wasn't just like he was there on loan for a couple of months. He was there for a long, long time. And on the whole, gave them very little at all. Very little at all. Um, I'm not going to sit here and say that Gareth Bale wasn't trying or that he didn't care. But there were times when he certainly gave the impression of someone who wasn't that bothered. Um, he would say that's just the way yeah, he looks. And of course, you know he what, I think we'll one day we'll read a book from Bale and he'll tell us that he had underlying injury issues, probably mm. somewhere deep in his back, something that's restricted him uh, because I think he's a magnificent talent. And I have seen, I, well, that's the thing that's so frustrating because we've seen pockets of that brilliance again, that incredible change of pace, the outside of the left foot finishes. And it's kind of like he's just doing enough not to get injured. And I know that feeling at the end of my career was picking up hamstring injuries. And I, I, I just don't want to say it out loud, but I'm pretty certain there's some underlying issue. So I think we need him to give him that respect that he's still trying to play, even though he might have the pain, because we don't really know. Um, but I just think I'd just love to see him well during this this tournament again so we can he, see the best of Gareth Bale. Yeah, absolutely. Un- yeah. Undeniably cares about playing for Wales. He und- undeniably will want to give everything he's got playing for Wales, um, but whether you can come out of a rather indifferent Premier League season and then just go like that into a major tournament and all of a sudden become the Gareth Bale that we all saw in France uh, five years ago, I'd, I'd be surprised. Yeah, yeah. And, and as you say, Ian, it's going to be goals, which is the issue. Kiefer Moore, Dan James, you know, Robson Carney waiting with a few. Last time, not in this squad. You just wonder, in a way that you don't necessarily with Scotland, you can see where Scotland are going to get a goal. Yeah. Uh, and obviously I mean, England, but Wales, you are worried about that. And it was it was a perfect storm for them in, in France um, five years ago. And it was wonderful. I covered um, two or three of those games and they were absolutely terrific. But it was it was a perfect storm. I and, mean, you know, the, the Russian team that was in that group was absolutely lamentable. I think Uzlock could have put 11 together and beaten that side. Um, Dom, you might got on the bench. Um, oh, thanks. Thank you. Um, <laughs> Thank you. But, um, seriously, I thought it was a bit of a perfect storm and they rode it, didn't they? They rode that storm and they, they rode the wave of that. I just think, as Dom said right at the start, I just think this is a much harder group for them. 
Let's uh, let's do two more things. Uh, we will end up with you know who we fancy to win and dark horses. Before that, Dom, Dom, the very important subject of Phil Foden's haircut, which we've all enjoyed as a as a Gaza re, uh, uh, rebooted from nineteen ninety six. Well, it's a, it's a shame that you've um, that we we started filming at the time that we did because I'm actually booked in at the barbers at eleven o'clock to get mine uh, my exactly the You're same, done. and I'm also yeah. going for the diamond earring as well, which I think you'd like to. You'd like to see. Yeah. No, it's uh, it's not bad, is it? I'd, I'd like to see Lado with it. I think Lado, yeah. Lado's cropped is short enough. That's sure. This is that sure. Thank you very much. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Martin, what did you think when you saw Phil Foden's haircut? Well, I hope you can back it up with the way the way he plays. Well, yeah. Certainly the way Gaza did. I was I, I watched a, a little bit of that documentary last night, watching uh, Paul Gascoigne. What a wonderful talent! I was lucky enough to be uh, in the England under twenty ones with him. Didn't make it into the England squad early enough with him, in fairness. Um, was there, of course, when he didn't make the squad in, in 98. But what a fantastic talent, wasn't it? Driving force. Somebody who really wanted to, to make things happen. Um, and I, you, we watch Grealish, don't we? And we feel, can Grealish do that? And who is it that Gascoigne sees most of all as being someone who could take his place and play like he did? Probably is Jack Grealish. So we all want him in there, don't we? To, and, and, of course, Gareth Southgate played with Good Paul Gascoigne, didn't he? And no, Martin, Martin, sorry to interrupt. What was what was just give us an idea of what he was like at like in the under 21s Gaza in terms of the the, the ability. Because there'll be people watching this who don't really are uh, uh, um don't remember him like we did playing. Do you know what I mean? Just give us an idea of like the actual ability in terms of players that you well, you played with. I have a abiding memory of him turning up actually the, uh, the the get together somewhere in Stoke it was and he came in a, a rover car with four mates from, from Newcastle and they drove him down and then they they went in the bar so you know and we we're all sort of the get together on a Sunday night and Gaza's like well, what do I do with these guys you know I think they stayed over in the hotel because he was quite nervous about meeting everybody right but you know, he was a he was a fantastic talent you know demanding the ball running games. Uh, and then quickly left us from the 21s and went straight yeah. into the full squad. But no, it was, I mean, when you some of the footage back and it's about producing, isn't it, in the big moments. And he could do that. And it just it just went the other way for him, you know, in mm. terms of the pressure he was under. You could think about that he was carrying the nation, wasn't he, really? Thereafter, we didn't make 94 World Cup. 98 then was going to be the big chance for him to recreate it. And unfortunately, Gaza was, was undeniably a world-class talent, we, we, we all know that, and it's probably too soon to say that about Phil, but it is too soon to say that about Phil Foden. But one thing that Foden does do, that we, that does remind me of, of Gaza, is that Gaza used to do that, before he got his knee injury, and he lost that half a yard, Gaza used to do that thing where he'd do the trick, he'd do the trick that would just take him, start to take him away from a defender, and then a, a burst of pace and a use of the elbows would then get him away. Body and, and Foden does that. Foden does that. He does the trick, and then he gets his elbows out, and and then he and then he gets away. And that just reminds that thing just reminds me of Gascoigne. But everything. Ian, and I like the thing. fact Dom touched on it. I like the fact that by having his hair cut, he knows that we're all talking about <coughs> Gaza, and he doesn't mind. He's like, going, "Well, bring it on. That's fine." I really like that about him. He's going, "That's I can deal with all this. I've won the league, age twenty-one. I played in the Champions League final." That's it's either really, it's either really brave or really stupid. We'll yeah, yeah. find out. We'll find out in the next three weeks. <laughs> Can, can, can I just say something about Foden, Foden Mark? Just just before we go, um, I've seen um, I've seen a lot of players at Anfield in the last three years visiting teams. Messi's been there, Lewandowski's been there, Mbappe, uh, Erling Haaland um, that, that I've seen. 
Um, Phil Foden produced the best performance of a visiting team player in the last three years at Anfield uh, when Man City were there in February. I think he's absolutely brilliant. Mm-hmm. I think I think he will be. We, we will call him world class one day. I think he's getting there. Um, I think he knows. Uh, we're looking at a once in a generation talent, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know, they, won, do you know that was, they won really well, didn't they, Man City that day? Yeah, he was. He Mark, was I think it's Tom, Dom's absolutely right in terms of the quality. But you know, when you're a player in the middle of that, you know, there is that inner competition for to be the top dog. Yeah. You know, so does Mount want to be the top dog? I'm hearing Grealish saying, look, I don't apologise for it, but I'm not really concentrating on the Villa games. I'm trying to get fit for England because that's what I want to do this summer. So we have a group of players who are sort of challenging each other. And when you have that situation, that inner competition, then the sky is the limit. And we've developed and changed our game for many years. We've not got centre-halves, you know, you're saying, because we've, we've started or we, how we passed the ball out now for many years, the academies. Now that we're coming to the end of that, aren't we? We're seeing all these technical players because of that. So for us not to now use them, is that going to be a crime? But at the same time, balance has to be found in this team to win. And I think that is the conundrum for Gareth Southgate, who's a very balanced, stable individual himself and will know what he wants, but he'll want a lot of this quality in the team. You don't win, to- yeah. you don't win tournaments by... You don't win big tournaments if you're conceding goals. We all know that. No. Yeah. So you're well, Chelsea, just take a look at Chelsea. How, how they've managed to win the Champions League. All they've done is gone from a team with, where Frank Lampard was wanting to get maybe too much creativity in the team. They change it. They go more, more safe. They control games better with still quality on the, on the current attack. And they win the Champions League. Why can't that's England really, win? It's really interesting. Let's, let's end our, our chat about England, Scotland and Wales, where we started. Exactly that. England have got so many attacking players, but do worries about the defence mean that in the end, to start with, anyway, they have one fewer of those attacking players, but lots to look forward to. Let's think about potential winners. Ian, I'll start with you. France are the hot favourites. England are joint second favourites, but they're always joint second favourites because... Our fellow countrymen, if you're English, just get so overexcited. The weight of money means they're joint second favourites. I would suggest they probably shouldn't be. But who who are your favourites, Ian? I mean, this is it's embarrassing, but I just think France will win it. I know it's really boring to go with the favourites, but I, I just think I just think France France will win it. If I was going to have a bet, which I'm not, um, it, my money would be on France. Yeah, it's hard to argue with that. Dom, who are you who do you fancy? As much as I'm loath to agree with Ian um, and, and say that he's spoken since, um, he, he's right. France are going to win it. It's hard to argue with that, Martin. It, it is, but I, I would take, a, take another look at Germany and Belgium as well. Germany, Germany have really impressed me. A little bit vulnerable with Hummels at the back. They're playing three now. Uh, but Neuhaus midfield, um, Gundogan, they really do look like they're in the mood. And San. Uh, Sane was playing with real energy, which I thought was missing for Bayern Munich. So they, they, we shouldn't discount them either. You know, it's time for the Germany to strike back, isn't it? But, you know, that, as you say, that group is really difficult. Belgium, I like the look of. De Bruyne, is he fit, isn't he? But I think England should just, just take it easy. We don't need to keep saying we're going to win it. I think whenever I used to go to a tournament as a player, Vieira would come back and say, oh, you're the English, you say you're going to win it. All that does is give us more energy. Because you talk and talk and talk and then you don't produce. So let's just see who's the best team. And, and we've now got a team that can really compete. I, I will throw in there, because we all remember 2006 Italy. I don't think they're particularly special. They're not going to make you run down the garden to watch them, but they barely concede a goal. And they've got the two old centre-backs. And I know age might catch up with them seven games in 28 days, but they're playing really well under Mancini. They're extremely 
um, organised. They're on a very good run. I mean, France are clearly the favourites, but I, I would keep a very close eye on Italy. They would be my... They're not Clearly, they're not dark horses, but if you're not going to go for France. Belgium, i tell you why Belgium worry me, Martin. I don't trust their defence. Ageing defence? Ageing defence. I would argue most of them are past their best. Yeah, but they, Lukaku is absolutely on fire. He's on 60 goals now yeah. from 90-odd in, in, internationals. If we're, if we're saying England's weakness is their defence, can we not? but they're very good up front, is it not exactly the same conversation for Belgium? Slightly different because Belgium seem to know what they're working from. So there's a structure. And they've worked from a back three base with pretty well the same personnel. Whereas for England, it's a, a switching from four to three. I don't quite like the, um, maybe it's going to be a four. Maybe it's even going to be Trippier playing left back. We've seen him do it twice already. Does he want to do that? Because he wants the other wing fullback to fly forward. So it becomes like a three, but from a four. So there, there are lots of different variations that Southgate will be I think that's a, a really good shout, Mark, Italy, actually. It's a really good shout. And I'll tell you one thing I do know about Roberto Mancini is that he still feels very, very upset about the way he feels he was kind of ushered out of English football and hasn't been invited back. He lived in L- London for a long time because he certainly wanted a job. Tell you what, if they win this tournament, he will run he will run around <laughs> Wembley with his with his cashmere jumper <laughs> twirling twirling above his head. I tell you that and it's and his two thousand pound shoes will get him around the pits like nobody's business. I tell you, he would <laughs> no love it. He would, he would see that as one big, uh, one big job application, without a doubt. Last one. Any dark horses in? Anybody you think? I don't think they're going to win, but actually keep an eye on them. So a lot of people have said to me Denmark yeah. not to win, but actually Denmark in Belgium's group. Actually, a lot of people said to me they wouldn't even be surprised if Denmark won that group. Um, I, it's interesting. People keep saying to me that writing off Croatia just because Croatia aren't quite what they were uh, three years ago but I see absolutely no reason why Croatia can't do quite well in this tournament if they get out of that group so I'm not saying they'll win it I'm not saying they'll win it but I think Croatia can go deep into the tournament without a doubt Croatia have a couple of players of Mandzukic is it there yeah Mandzukic and Mandzukic they're going to miss yeah they've retired Um, Denmark is a good shout they play with Delaney in midfield with Hoiberg from from from, uh, Tottenham uh, they've got one or two, is it uh, Braithwaite or Braithwaite for yeah. Barcelona? Uh, Paulson scores goals. He scored the other day. Paulson, yeah. Dolberg yeah. as well, who's gone there from Ajax, who's developing, who's at Nice. So they they, they look um, a really good outfit. The Vesta guy's not even going to play to tell him. Christensen will come in. I think Kerr plays with him. So Denmark is, is, is a really useful outfit. They'll go better than I think Finland will do, which is why I'm going to return to now to do my research <laughs> for the first three games I'm doing in <laughs> <laughs> Dharma, a Dharma dark horse for you just to do well to surprise people Turkey uh, yeah I, 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 I like Turkey I just think um, they'll be underestimated but they've got some they've got some very very good players um, in there and I, I, I can see them getting out of the group and I can see them quarterfinals mm-hmm. causing problems for people definitely yeah brilliant Martin we can see that you're man to man marking there I can see you're right on that red disc I know <laughs> that's you there you've been given the man to man job there by George Graham haven't you or Graham Taylor. Yeah, thanks yeah, for that. Graham Taylor, bless you. Yeah. <laughs> and that's it from Game On. We'll be back next week and every week via Spotify, Apple and Google. That's it from me, Mark Pugach. See you next week for more Game On. <laughs>